As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. It's Monday, you know what that means. It's time for the first of our bi-weekly instalments of Straight Outta Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. On this episode, international roundup, there's a hard-fought win for the women, we conclude our mid-term reports, and the Ballon d'Or, it's a Chelsea thing. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic, this is Straight Outta Cobham. Not long to wait now, Lister, until the international breaks over and the Premier League returns. Still plenty to discuss in the world of Chelsea FC, though. I'm a very bunged up Matt Davis-Adams. Joining me to talk over everything blue are two of the Athletics Chelsea experts. Hello, Simon Johnson. Hello. And hi, Dominic Fifield. That's very perky from Simon, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't felt perky for a few weeks, so... I'm a bit Both disconcerted by the that. <laughs> it's the international break. I mean, you know, if you can't be thrilled about the the thrills of Andorra v England, then, you know, there's something wrong with you. Uh, well, Ben Chilwell certainly was. We'll talk more about that momentarily. First on the agenda today, international blues. Uh, that's the Chelsea players who've been representing their country. Not a comment on the state of the travel industry. So Chelsea were well represented in Sunday's Nations League final between France and Spain, specifically in the full-back positions for the losers. Marcos Alonso and Cesar Azpilicueta lined up for the Spanish. They, though, were disappointed as France won 2-1. Uh, meanwhile, the aforementioned Ben Chilwell's season might just be on the up and up. Having been called into the England squad as a replacement for the injured Rhys James, he was handed a start against the might of Andorra and managed to net his first England goal, uh, kicking things off. In the 5-0 win, which also saw Mason Mount come off the bench in the second half. Uh, Simon, it feels like it's been a significant couple of weeks for Ben Chilwell because the Southampton game, he gives away the penalty and you think, oh no. Then he manages to redeem it. Uh, Goal line technology comes to his aid with the goal there. And then here, as I say, it wasn't in the England squad, gets in it and VAR helps him get his first England goal. Just little things like that, you know, on such moments, seasons can turn. Yeah, and and he just flip it round if these things hadn't happened, um, how he'd be feeling right now. Uh, and he's kind of benefited, of course, from Rhys James, uh, his team, Chelsea teammate, sort of not being around, and that's why he got called up. And I was a bit worried I, I, when when he was called up. I thought, oh no, is this just going to be 
there's something revisited of him just being a number to to fill up the the, the squad. But you know, credit to Southgate. I, I wasn't happy with Southgate's treatment of Chilwell in the summer, um, particularly. You know, not suggesting that Luke Shaw didn't deserve the start, but I just thought there was a better way of handling it. I thought Chilwell could have got some minutes in at least one of the games, the Ukraine game in particular comes to mind. And and, and Chilwell, understandably, was negatively affected by that. I, I can totally understand why. You know, you're a Champions League winner. You, you've proved yourself at the very highest level. He must have gone into that tournament thinking, I'm going to have quite a part to play. And he basically became, a, you know, one of the, the sort of training ground plastic you know, whatever they're called, you know, the dummy mannequins. wall guys. Mannequins, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, that's basically what he was used for, which I, I just thought was a real slap in the face for, for a guy that was clearly had a, had a very good season, is a very good player. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought, yes, it was Andorra, that'll be the caveat, but I, I just thought for him, it was huge, his first goal for England, and I thought he played well. You know, yes, it was Andorra, but I thought he really showed why... He's a he's a good asset for England and a, and he's going to come back I think to Chelsea in such a positive frame of mind and and yeah I'm, I'm sure he will be used a lot more by Tuchel from now on. Uh, Thiago Silva will be pretty positive as well, having won his 100th cap for Brazil in a goalless draw against Colombia. Somebody who didn't feature in Belgium's second game was Romelu Lukaku. Uh, that's good news for Chelsea, Don. Yeah, I mean, look, it was uh, as as Thibaut Courtois was at pains to tell the world post match the uh, that third place playoff in the Nations League is a bit of a meaningless fixture. Um, so if if you're going to miss one game, uh, one in inverted commas competitive match, and that was the one for Lukaku to sit out, and you know another another few days back at either back at Cobham or back here at home, uh, just putting his feet up won't do him any harm at all. Um, and then he, he presumably will rejoin Chelsea training slightly in advance of when he might have done otherwise. So, uh, yeah, beneficial. All right, that was internationals. Next up, we'll reflect on another win for the women. Cuthbert, need a good cross here. There's harder To the rescue again for Chelsea. The Leicester spirit broken. The champions show their resolve. Oh, Kirby's in to put the icing on the cake for Chelsea. And that definitely seals it for the champions. On Sunday, Chelsea's women's team beat Leicester by two goals to nil at Kings Meadow. Emma Hayes made eight changes to the side that started against Wolfsburg in midweek. Uh, that showed in a disjointed first half. Took until the 83rd minute for the Blues to make the breakthrough. Penilla Harder adding another late goal to the stoppage time leveller she plundered against Wolfsburg on Wednesday. A super Frank Kirby added a second with the last kick of the game. Uh, and that was significant because it was provided to her by Sam Kerr. Here's Opta Joe. Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby have now combined for 17 goals in the FAWSL, the joint most of any duo alongside Arsenal's Vivian Miedemar and Beth Mead. In just 23 league games together, Kirby has assisted Kerr 10 times and Kerr has assisted Kirby seven times. Synthesis. Uh, yeah, those two are pretty important to Chelsea, basically, if you didn't know that already. Uh, in terms of the table, Arsenal still leading the way. They've won... Five of their opening five games, but Chelsea three points behind them. They're level with Spurs on 12 points from five matches. OK, next today, we'll finish off our midterm reports. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So on Thursday's show, Sam Parkin and Dom awarded grades to Chelsea's goalkeepers and defenders for their performances so far this season. You can listen back to that in our archives if you missed it. Dom and Simon are going to help us round this off now as we run through the midfield and attackers. The criteria, remember, anyone who's made a first-team appearance this season. Uh, let's start in midfield then with Dom and Jorginho. Well, I mean, look, he's he's still integral. He's had his moments um, to date this season. I think he's made 10 appearances in all competitions already. Um, I just wonder whether he was showing a bit of fatigue towards the end of that that period just before this, this international break. Presumably he won't have been helped by going off to play for Italy. Um, he was one of those substituted in that in that triple um, change at, at Turin midway through the second half. I, I just I just think that possibly he needs a bit of a breather. But I think you know what you're going to get with Jorginho. He's he's come off the arguably the the most productive season of his of his career, uh, certainly in terms of the trophy haul. And um, he, so he's still playing with confidence. But I just wonder whether the edge has slightly been dulled by. Uh, by the sheer number of games he's played, I'd, I'd still give him a B plus, and and you know there's, we we know what we can get from him. B plus for Jorginho, then Simon, what are you giving Angolo Conte, another player who's been kind of in and out for for various reasons? Um, I mean that's the thing; his grade sort of basically is low, lower than what it would normally be, simply through no fault of his own, through injury and, and a and a COVID test. Uh, positive COVID test. Um, so I'm I'm sort of going to have to go in the sort of B B minus kind of category. Um, I mean, he showed against Spurs, you know what a quality player he is. But Chelsea just haven't seen enough of him so far to to sort of warrant any any higher kind of mark. But it's not about his ability and what he can do. It's it's just the the sort of same old issue of of getting him on the pitch. Um, which hopefully, like he's back in, been back in training over the international break, so hopefully that's the last of his little uh, initial problems which have hampered him so far. So middling grades for the men who play in the middle of midfield so far. That might continue with Mateo Kovacic, John. Yeah, I, I, again, I go B plus. I mean, that pass against Aston Villa was one of the highlights of the season to date, and 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 showcase what he what he can do he 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 seems quite seems a lot more aggressive and and more mobile in many ways than and certainly when he started out on on loan at, at Chelsea a few seasons back uh, he's actually played more premier league minutes than than even Jorginho this season um and he scored a goal which is a, a bonus but again it's it's just 
I mean, this is interesting, this this batch of, of grades that we're giving, because I think as you get further up the field, I mean, I'm ignoring Romelu Lukaku momentarily, I think we'll find that, you know, we had high grades for the defence last week. They're going to be middling for the midfield and, and probably lower for the number 10s and those attacking players. And And we're still sort of asking... We're still trying to look for the combinations, aren't we? We're still trying to work out what what Tuchel, where he plays these guys and when he plays these guys, and to get the best out of them. And I think we've seen flashes from Matteo Kovacic, but but maybe uh, maybe we're still looking at him and thinking we want a bit more. Uh, I think we could say we want a bit more <laughs> from our our next participant from in me, the uh, oh, report, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not from Simon. Certainly, couldn't ask any more of you. But Sal Niguez. Uh, if there was, this was a parents' evening in a midterm report, uh, mum and dad would be clipping him around the ear on on the way out of school. I feel. Yeah, I'd I'd write "see me" at the bottom of his homework <laughs> in red ink. Actually, I'm talking, getting flashbacks of my childhood. Um, no, I'm I'm going, I'm going D, and that's probably being generous. Um, He's had two shockers, really. I mean, the I was there for his debut. I felt sorry for him in, in the sense that I think Tuchel made a mistake there by by making him start his first, you know, the very first opportunity, his first game against Aston Villa after the international break. He'd only been training with his teammates for five minutes, only lasted forty five minutes, and then he was very quiet in the in the League Cup game against the same opposition. Um, and yeah, he's seen players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek overtake him, um, certainly ahead ahead of the international break in the pecking order. It was very significant that Tuchel was using Ruben rather than Saul, and it's the right call. So, but I feel you know I feel like there's a you know in, in his defence, you know let, let's I'm sure there there is a quality player in there, but but I, I do wonder when when he's actually going to get the run of games to showcase it because he's. He's way down the pecking order at the moment. Boxing Day. That's when they play Villa next, so that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's never playing Aston Villa again, I'm sure. He's probably had that written to his contract by now. Uh, Simon mentioned Ruben Loftus-Cheek there, Dom. One of the surprise packages of the season. Based on, on the last couple of weeks, he's probably going to get one of the highest grades so far, isn't he? Well, you know what? Even the fact that he's getting a grade at all is is a, a massive bonus because we, I, I think, we did have concerns as to where he was going to play his football this season. I think he's in in those in those appearances. I, I mean, I thought his, his performance in that League Cup tie against Villa when he was playing as a as a, a midfield sitter. I mean, he he was outstanding in that match. Um, Simon wrote a very good piece on on, on Ruben um, last week, where talking about how how Tuchel has has almost been surprised almost with uh, the, the sight of him in training and seeing what he can do, and he he's clearly the latest Chelsea head coach to to see Ruben's physique and and the way he moves around a football pitch, and and quite rightly asked the question, why hasn't this player played more games? Well, at least he had that season on loan at Fulham where he wasn't injured. Uh, that wasn't, you know, he, he may not have made the, the the waves that we we expected him to do, but he wasn't injured and he got through that, and that would have done him psychologically a lot of good. Um, the fact that he's now broken into the Chelsea picture again is is a massive boost to his confidence, and I expect he'll play more and more a role in the team. In terms of a grade, again, a, a B plus, but I think anything anything is a bonus, as I say, because we're just seeing that player and, and we just just want him to just grasp this opportunity and show that he deserves to be in this in this Chelsea setup. 
Simon, you could copy and paste a lot of Dom's answer for, for our next uh, person we're going to talk about, Ross Barkley. A few nice cameos in the last couple of weeks, not least that pass for Aspilicueta to set up Werner's goal against Southampton. Well, yeah, I, I feel like I should. I, I'm basing my grade off two passes because there's also the pass to Lukaku against Juventus, which uh, Lukaku should have buried. Um, yeah, it, it's a difficult one to grade because you know he's only been he's only made two sub appearances, but it, yeah, you sort of go well. Fair play to the guy, you know. He, he's had limited, very limited minutes, but he, he's come on and made a difference. Um, did he score his pen against Villa in the shootout? Am I imagining that? No, he did, yeah. He, he did, did yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I, I think I think just purely based off expectations and how low they were, um, I'm going to give him a B. Because, I mean, remember the piece we did, Dom? Um, the, the Probably rubber, where, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I watched Barkley and, and he was... Uh, Sort of basically just just going through some training drills pre and post match, and it was I mean Dom headed up the piece and it was very much written with a kind of oh you know Ross the sort of future awaits you in terms of you know Baba Rachman is the kind of being loaned out to Reading I mean look it's it's, it's possible he's he's going to leave um, I'm sure Chelsea will still explore that option in January uh, hello Newcastle um, but. Um, <laughs> But you know, fair play to the guy. I, I've got a lot of respect for him that he could have he could have been like feeling sorry for himself. And but yeah, he has responded well to, to just the, the little minutes he's had. So yeah, I'm giving him a high grade just off off his attitude and and that pass alone to uh, to help break down Southampton. Yeah, and even if his long term future is not at Chelsea, you'd think he'd be able to attract a few more suitors if he keeps making these impressive cameos. What about Mason Mount then, Don? One of these players whose reputation always enha- is enhanced when he doesn't play. Uh, how's he done on the pitch so far? Look, I don't think he's been quite at his effervescent best so far. Um, but the, the reality that he, he was so clearly and sorely missed in those games against City and Juve probably, as you say, enhanced his reputation in absentia. Uh, he still needs more goals and assists, I think, just to to choke the doubters, let's say. Um, but, but you know, you can't just you can't help but love his energy and his enthusiasm and his ability and quality uh, when he's on the pitch. So uh, he will want to do more. He will want to to stamp his authority all over the Premier League this year. Um, at the moment, it's a B, but it's you know the, the potential is there for him to to rise up and become a key player. Uh, Simon, I've got you pegged as a, a Fasho fan from back in the day. Uh, our next contender reminds me of the character Unlucky Alf. It's Hakim Ziyech. Always seems to be just about to hit his straps and then something goes wrong. Yeah, particularly in pre-season. <laughs> it's like two two injuries in as many years. Um, but yeah, it's a C- minus for me. Um, since scoring in, Super Cup, in the Super Cup final, he's not really done anything for Chelsea's... And there were big sort of question marks about Ziyech, really. Um, here we are in his in his second season, and we're still waiting to see the player that, that Chelsea signed for Ajax. That there have been some some good moments. He scored some important goals. You can see the quality on occasion. He'll do a pass, and you just go, "Yeah, that's brilliant." But we don't see enough of it. He gets knocked off the ball a bit too easily. He doesn't help out defensively. Um, I think, uh, yeah, he's been a bit of a disappointment. Um, 
you have to say. So, yeah, C minus, and I think you'll find it very difficult um, to get in the side on a regular basis the way he's playing. Yeah, you're half wonder if Newcastle might come calling for, for somebody like him in January as well. Uh, Kai Havertz, we haven't got Liam with us today, uh, so it's not going to be an A triple plus. Don, what are you going to give him? <laughs> I'm, I've, oh God, Liam's going to hate me. I've, I've actually <laughs> been really disappointed with Kai Havertz so far. I just thought he'd, I thought he would kick on immeasurably from scoring the winner in the Champions League final. I thought he would be the player that would. That would that would basically grasp this season as you know this is this is me bursting onto the scene and showing that second you know second season for a lot of players that come in particularly one with now with fans in the ground more normal i thought this would be his moment and 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 there have been there have been flashes i mean let's not forget it was a very good header at anfield to put chelsea 1-0 up and then he's the man that sacrificed at half time once reese james has been sent off so that's almost checked his momentum, and and in the game since we just haven't really seen enough of it. I think he's, I think this is a common problem we're going to have with a lot of these number tens. I think that it, it's it's actually Thomas Tuchel working out how to use them and and how they how they're the, the best combination they of of those players that that can get the best out of Romelu Lukaku. And I think he's still exploring his options there. I mean, you'd probably say that Mount and Havertz is still. Tuchel's first choice. Well, it certainly would have been about a month back. Whether it is now, I'm not. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm not so sure. But I've been, I've been a bit disappointed with the 75 million pound man. I'd have to give him a C at the moment. And uh, please forgive me, Liam. <laughs> uh, next, I've got this guy pegged as a midfielder. Thomas Tuchel might feel differently. I, I like <laughs> to think of him as your muse, Simon. It's Callum <laughs> Hudson Odoi. My muse, <laughs> Paul Callum. Um, <laughs> Yeah, things can get any worse. Um, right, um, I'm sort of trying to think. It is difficult to grade him because, again, he, he's been messed about, really. Wing back, right wing back, probably his weakest position. Um, it's only against Southampton. He, he actually got a run out in his favourite position on the left um, in attack. And he, he did all right. Um, but, yeah, it's just purely based... Off of what I've seen so far, the expectations that he would have hoped. Um, I would like to see him beat a player a bit more than he is. I'm going to have to, I'm sort of weighing up between, I'm going to have to be harsh and give a C as well. Um, I think, in all fairness, you know, that it's been a few years now since he signed that lucrative contract and, you know, he needs to be making his mark in a Chelsea shirt and taking players on. That's what I want to see more of. Um, so even if he is at right wing back, he, he needs to make the most of it. So, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give him a C because so far it's, yeah, it's been it's been difficult for him, but he's, he, he perhaps could have made more of the opportunities he's had as well. I think that's fair. Uh, revelation in the Davis Adams household last night, as I learned that Christian Pulisic's middle name is Mate, believe it or not. No um, way. It is. Incredible, Dom. I'll give you a couple of seconds just to just to absorb that information before you, <laughs> you pass on your grade and and review so far. If we can even do that for a player who's hardly kicked a ball this season, he's he's also he's also like me, a New York Jets fan. Poor guy, <laughs> because the New York <laughs> Jets are they stink the place out every year, 
as they did at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday. Anyway, over to you, Dom. With that, so now you've got a reading from that information as well. <laughs> reading from most of our subscription base having just disappeared. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, Christian Pulisic. Uh, we've just not seen enough of him. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's not even his fault. He's you know he he scored his obligatory goal against Palace on the opening day, and then. Then he gets COVID nineteen. Um, then he gets injured in the international with away on the international break. And we haven't seen him since. So the, actually, that appearance at at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on on on, on Sunday was well. That's the first time we've seen him since the, <laughs> in the in the Premier League grounds. It's the opening day of the season, I think. So uh, it's he's probably another one of those players that whose reputation is. Certainly, locally in 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 London and in, with Chelsea is is growing is it's enhancing in absentia because because you do look at Chelsea's sort of toils with these with these attacking players and you, you're craving something slightly different and and Pulisic probably offers that something slightly different to the others a bit more pace a bit more slippery pace and we all help go back to that that wonderful spell of form he had in lockdown in 2019-20 um, towards the running of that season then we we were, we all want to see that again, and we all know that he's got that somewhere in his locker, and we just need to try and eke it out of him. Um, but we just haven't. There hasn't been an opportunity for him to demonstrate any of that this season, really. And um, because he uh, because he scored against my mob in the opening day, I'm having to give him a C. <laughs> uh, he's not your mate, even if he is an actual mate something. Uh, right, I'm going to move swiftly on. <laughs> I've got two players listed as forwards and as serendipitous as this is when I divvied them up I gave Simon Romelu Lukaku lo and behold you've written about him for The Athletic today Simon this is beautifully timed yeah yeah well I did it just purely because you put my name next to his <laughs> a dream a dream fulfilled um, not for Romelu <laughs> <laughs> I think we would make a great combination in my dreams um, <laughs> how would I school Romelu I think I'm I'm not going to be too heavily influenced by the goal-scoring drought. I've just done inverted commas thing for people obviously listening. They can't see. I've just done it on the Zoom. Everybody. Um I'm, I'm going to give him an A-. minus. Um, the minus kicking in because of the, the, the goal-scoring drought. But I still think he's been a very positive addition. Uh, can he do more? Yes, of course he can. But I think his presence on the pitch alone, even in games he's been a bit quiet in, has made a difference, has given Chelsea a focal point. They are, we, we shouldn't forget, it's like the grades we've given them, it's almost like they're mid-table when they're actually top of the league. And I mm. think Lukaku is a big reason why they are top of the league. Mm. I mean, he started brilliantly, uh, four goals in as many games. And I, I just think, yeah, room for improvement, but I still think he he's already making his presence felt at Chelsea. And I think that's why I'm going to give him such a good grade. Yeah, plenty more to come, I'm sure. Uh, last of all, then, it's Timo Werner. Of course, he gets an A-star for his role in that prank Yokohama video with Mountain Jorginho the other week. But what about on the pitch, Don? What are you giving him for that? Well, I think we've got to the stage with Timo Werner where we think we know what, we, what we're going to get out of get out of him a lot of missed chances and he will eventually put one away probably as he's shown against Villa in the League Cup and then Southampton in the in the Premier League just before the international break but I think it was quite telling that you know when Chelsea wanted to, to shake things up against Juventus Thomas Tuchel didn't put him on because he, he I'm not sure he I'm not sure he 
has that sort of unpredictability or, or sort of X factor at the moment um, for, you know, that's going to make opponents wary of him coming onto the, onto the pitch, which, it's, which is quite interesting in itself. There's probably, I suppose the mystery around him is what combination he can forge with with Lukaku, um, because we've been sort of told that, you know, when Werner worked with a big striker at, at RB Leipzig, he was productive. He had his best season. I think it was Paulson, wasn't it? The, the Danish forward who was playing up top with them. And although Paulson wasn't prolific, Werner had a had a brilliant goal scoring season. So, but 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 I don't think I'm not I'm not sure that that Romelu Lukaku is going to play in the same way that that, that Paulson did. Um, with RB Leipzig, so again, it's it's where he he where Werner fits in, where where what formation they play, where Tuchel plays him, um, and at the moment we just at the moment he's not offering anything particularly different to to last season. Maybe with with confidence and with the with the goal scoring that that will come. He's been prolific for Germany. Uh, he was in the previous international break, and and now he scored two in two for. For Chelsea in his last two appearances, so hopefully that that kicks him on. But at the moment, he's he's no more than a a B minus, probably. Well, that completes it. I'm looking forward to revisiting these at the end of the season. We'll see who's managed to up their grades and, and who's going to get a detention. Next today, though, it's awards season. This episode is supported by season three of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The list of nominees for the men's and women's Ballon d'Or have been revealed since last we spoke. There are 10 Chelsea players nominated for the two awards. That's more than any other club. Jorginho, Mason Mount, Cesar Azpilicueta, Romelu Lukaku and N'Golo Conte, all amongst the contenders in the men's category. Simon, have any of them got a realistic chance of winning? There were lots of calls for Jorginho earlier in the year or at the end of the summer, certainly. Got to say now, in October, that would be quite a surprise winner. Yeah, um, but I I would sort of say the 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 um, the award that he got with UEFA gives an insight into his chances. Uh, I think he will poll reasonably well because, uh, of course, when, you know the double of of Champions League and European Championships with Italy um, puts him firmly in the, in the reckon that regard. But would would I would I personally vote him as the best player? No, no, I, I think he said. Great time of it, but you wouldn't sort of say yes. He's the he's the best player in the game. Um, 
I, I, I would, I would actually, I think he will poll the highest out of the Chelsea lot because of that. But I wouldn't actually make him my highest contender. I'd probably it'd be a toss up between Conte and Lukaku. I, I still think Conte's contribution to the Champions League win was was bigger than Jorginho's. A uh, bit of a controversial statement there. Um, and Lukaku was brilliant for Inter Milan, and of course his goal scoring record with Belgium as well will we'll also get him the nod. But I, I I don't see a Chelsea winner, but I think they will poll pretty well. Yeah, Lukaku, I guess, on slightly separate case, given that this is largely based on what he did for Inter. But but with the other Chelsea boys, obviously they're there in large part because they won the Champions League. But that was more about the collective than the individual, wasn't it? So there wasn't one standout player in that run who you thought he's the reason why Chelsea won the Champions yeah, League. Absolutely right. I mean, I mean, Edouard Mendy's been got an amazing, amazing record in the in the Champions League for Chelsea, but. I'm not sure people would say he's the best goalkeeper in the world, even. But it's 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 to do with yeah that 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 collective spirit and the unity that they had, um, and that's sort of typified. I mean, the fact that they've got you know two midfielders in there, um, who's in the engine room of that of that team, who were selfless workers basically. It was about their industry rather than anything else, um, with with a lot of quality thrown in, obviously. But but that sort of summed up that 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 Chelsea experience. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest, Matt. And I'm sure maybe players, I mean, players love love it with the ego thing. But I, this this Ballon d'Or thing is a nonsense. It's an absolute, I mean, who, it's, I, mean, I don't want to be disparaging towards France football, but this is basically a, a magazine in France that is is picking the winner of, I mean, when it's been, it's a bit like the BBC person, Sports Person of the Year. <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously, who cares? I mean, this, this I, I, I know it's it's got a bit of a, a mystique about it now, but I think that that says a lot, awful lot more for the marketing around it than for the actual award itself. Um, and a thirty-man shortlist as well. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, that's quite a lot. Um, let's be honest. That's a, that's greater than the squad for the Euros. I, I I'm sure Lionel Messi will probably win it, but but uh, I couldn't care less. Uh, still, thanks for the additional content on an international break. Uh, France I'm so sorry. I'm so, and, I, and, I, and I subscribe to France Football and I love it. It's a great read. And oh, But this, seriously, it's, come on. It's just because it's not a Palace player in contention, you know. <laughs> I, I can't arm. answer to that. I just can't answer that. I, I'm just desperately trying to think of somebody who's had five minutes on loan at Palace from that 30-man shortlist and there isn't one. Seriously, there isn't. <laughs> no Michy Batshuayi this year. <laughs> Conor Gallagher, get him in there. Yeah. In terms of the women's awards, also five Chelsea nominees. That accounts for a quarter of the total number of players listed. Fran Kirby, Penilla Harder, Sam Kerr, Magda Eriksson and Jesse Fleming all up for the award. It's only the third time it's been given. Harder came second in 2018, there are five Barcelona players on the list, as well as the brilliant Arsenal striker Vivian Miedemar and Ellen White from Manchester City too. Uh, one of the Chelsea players will probably get in the top three again, but you would think that it will be somebody from Barcelona who will win that award. Uh, as well as those ones, we mentioned Edouard Mendy. He's on the 10 strong list for the Lev Yashin Award for Best Goalkeeper. That's going to just about wrap things up for us today, though. Simon, we teased your piece on Romelu Lukaku. Do you want to give us a bit more detail? Yeah, so I've 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 done a investigation, an inquiry into his goal drought, which I, I thought was 
uh, you know, people getting a little bit um, carried away. Yeah, there were some quiet performances um, inevitably. But anyway, we, we've we've sort of looked at some statistical evidence. Is there cause for concern? Is uh, I, I sound like Liam when I talk about Premier League and his actual XG of uh, three goals is is pretty much what he's, he was expected to deliver on the chances he's he's had. And I think that's the thing is, is sort of from our research, you can sort of tell that it's the quality of chances that needs to be improved. And that a lot of that comes down to, I think, to sort of the, the, the team play. Um, so rather than a sort of individual problem, it's a team problem uh, that they have to sort of just... But it, it was always going to be the way, you know, he's settling back into the Premier League, he's settling into a new team, um, those understandings. Plus there's been quite a lot of interchange with who's been playing around him. Um, and some very tough fixtures. But yeah, we, we've just taken an in-depth look at it, all the stats. And essentially my conclusion is don't panic. Um, it'll be fine. Um, and in terms of sort of stuff we're working on for this week, um, mentioning Mendy, we, we, we're going to show Mendy a bit of love because uh, he's he's done great ever since he joined. And um, But yeah... He he, do, he doesn't really get talked about enough, as far as I'm concerned. Especially when you sort of think last season, well, the last few seasons, all the chat has been about one of Chelsea's main weaknesses has been in goal, and that you got the feeling that opponents always felt they had a a goal start, as it were, because unfortunately Kepa was struggling. Um, but Mendy's just come in, and and yeah, his clean sheet record is is phenomenal, even though he has benefited from playing behind a very solid uh, team. Thanks to Tuchel mainly. So anyway, um, I'll be looking into Edouard Mendy and, and chatting about how good he is, basically. How about you, John? Well, I'm going to probably write 3,000 words of absolute outrage as to why Edouard Mendy actually isn't, Mendy isn't actually on the 30-man shortlist for the Ballon d'Or, <laughs> but it's only in the Yashin bit. I mean, that's ridiculous. Sorry. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. So I'm Bonucci oh, on that, surely. You care about the award now. <laughs> yeah, that, that five minutes was quite transformative in my thinking on the whole thing. <laughs> Um, what am I doing? I'm still trying to push this uh, John Mikel, uh, Mikel John Obi piece over the line. Now, hopefully, that comes out this week now uh, on his on the the Nigerians, um, one of whom did um, also join Chelsea back in 2005 six. Um, I am veering off the Chelsea beat momentarily to to write about London's premier um, team at the moment. Uh, who won one game out of seven so far? Um, I mean, demonstrably not London. <laughs> team, anyway. Well, Premier prim- League team, I could say, <laughs> just about. Um, yeah, so I'm just I'm going to do a bit on that, uh, and yeah, see what what Simon throws my way later in the week. Excellent. Athletic.com slash Chelsea pod is the place to go to sign up if you aren't currently a subscriber. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday when we'll be reflecting on Chelsea Women's Champions League game against Juventus as well as looking ahead to the return of the Premier League. The Blues go to Brentford in the Saturday tea time kickoff. Do join us on Thursday if you can. Until then, many thanks to Simon, to Dom, to producer Lucy and to you as well for tuning in. We'll catch up with you again on Thursday. Bye for now. The Athletic.